0: Everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sports, and about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show after another, another third-period comeback win by the Winnipeg Jets, the Comeback Kids. Lots to break down in this game. Sorry, I missed you in the last podcast. I have a job. I've got a job, right? Some of you have jobs. Some of you don't make it here every single time because you're busy with your jobs. I've got a job too. But I can tell you, I'm going to practice with that one show. I forgot to pee before I came in here. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have to cut out at some point in the show to take care of that. Forgot my water. But I didn't forget the red hot analysis. Uh, And in order to break down this game, I think I do need to address what happened last game and I didn't get to see the podcast too busy with travel and all these things happening here to get home and be with you here today on KNR folks great to see you great to be back here I missed y'all uh I'm glad I missed because I don't need Kenny's analysis if that's what he calls it poisoning what I have to say here I don't need those thoughts entering my head that craziness I know exactly what here you can uh, you need to go back to last game and understand what happened in that game to get to what's happening in this game and what i see is an overarching theme that should make Winnipeg Jets fans very very happy because if you take a look at the Jets, and we've been talking about this for a long time in the podcast, if you were just to go back and look two years from now, if you came back and you looked at this stretch of hockey, the Winnipeg Jets were playing, and you saw all the wins piling up and the points piling up, you would have thought the Winnipeg Jets were on an absolute heater and playing some of the best hockey uh, this team has ever played, if you were to just look at that. But from listening to KR, you know that that wasn't the case. And let's be honest, the players finally and the coaches finally fessed up to it. Rick Bonus started talking about it. The rest of the players talked about it. Even Morgan Barron when he was talking with Kenny after the game talked about it tonight that they weren't playing their best hockey and they needed to get back to it. Now, a lot of you out there said it does not matter. It does not matter as long as they keep winning. It doesn't matter that they're barely squeaking by bad teams and that they're uh, you know, uh, just doing enough to get past those teams as long as they keep winning. And yes, look around the league. Other good teams are not racking up those wins. Here's the reason it matters. Going into that game yesterday, the Winnipeg Jets since Christmas had played eight games, eight games against teams above the playoff line. And they'd gone two and six in those games. They'd won two, they'd lost six. That's a stanky record in case you need me to break that down for you. That sucks. So what they were doing is they were getting it done against teams that They won't need to worry about come the playoff time. What they weren't doing is they were taking that same game, that same effort into games against good teams, and it wasn't good enough, quite frankly. So heading into the third period of that last game against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, the Winnipeg Jets were looking at going two and seven in games against teams above the playoff line since Christmas time. That's a long time ago. Christmas time's a long time ago. I, I, hey, I've financially recovered by this point. So you know it's a long time past Christmas. But two and seven would have been atrocious. Now, three and six would have been atrocious as well or is a little bit atrocious as well. But here's the point. It's not about what you've done. It's about what you've done to do. And what the Winnipeg Jets, I saw with that comeback victory yesterday, what I saw was an opportunity for them to do. And if you saw my tweet. If you saw me on Twitter, you know where I'm going with this. This was an opportunity for them. That was their LA Kings comeback game from back in 2023. Remember that? Down to the Kings, they came storming back, and after that, the Winnipeg Jets went on a heater, played the best hockey of the season, played engaged, got contributions up and down the lineup, good goaltending, really good, solid defensive play. That's what launched that that belief that they got from that win was the trigger, the spark that really set that team off. To me, what happened in this game was important. Whether or not they came back in that third period, I'm seeing stuff from the Jets that makes me believe that that's what we are about to see here. Now, that Carolina game, someone had said this to me, And I was texting them today. They'd asked me about that game and, you know, how much value I put in it. And I said, look, that game that they played against the Carolina Hurricanes, the first goal that Kyle Connor scores, you don't score that in the NHL. That's a peewee goal. They were lucky to get that goal. That doesn't happen. Basically, goaltender, imploded for the Carolina Hurricanes on the first goal and on the fourth goal. Uh, And uh, sorry, a little bit of a glitch. I think there's rolling blackouts or something happening. Someone was telling me about. So hopefully you're not losing me too much here. Uh, But what the Winnipeg Jets did against the Carolina Hurricanes, while fun, while fun, and you all enjoyed it. I can tell by the number of people who showed up, uh, over 4,000 people watching that last video. I know you're not showing up to see Ken host. I'll tell you that much. But uh, that game is is not a repeatable game by the Winnipeg Jets. But the fact that they pull it off, it's about how you perceive that game, especially how the players themselves perceive it. The Winnipeg Jets walk out of that game with the perception that they can do absolutely anything. Great team in the Carolina Hurricanes who've been tearing it up for a long time now. Their goaltending, as bad as it was at the beginning of the year, had been good lately before that third period against the Jets. And the Winnipeg Jets came back against a really tough defensive team, just like they did against a really tough defensive team in the LA Kings, the kind of teams you're not supposed to be able to come back against. And the Winnipeg Jets walk out of that game feeling like they can beat the world. And so they come into this game tonight. And to me, it was all about how they respond. Now I like this game more than I like the Carolina hurricanes game. And yes, it's a lesser opponent. Although, you know, people will point to the fact that they just pumped the uh, Vegas golden Knights the night before. Um, Different nights are different nights. Let's state the obvious. The Carolina Hurricanes are a more capable team than the Buffalo Sabres are. Uh, But I like this game tonight because what you see is the Winnipeg Jets winning this time around because they just kept doing the right things. Remember we talked at the beginning of the year, the Winnipeg Jets get into these games and there's no panic and they fall down one or two or whatever it is. And they don't break away from their structure. They keep playing the same game the right way, because there's a faith that it's going to turn out and they get contributions up and down the line because everyone's playing the right way. Well, it's exactly what we see here tonight. A member of each of the four lines, Finds a way to contribute tonight. Goals scored by members of four different lines on this night. Game winning goal coming from your fourth line player, uh, Cole Perfetti getting a much needed assist on that goal there is the kind of thing you talk about a spark in that last game maybe there's a spark that finally wakes cole perfetti up and gets him feeling good about himself again he needed that after the first goal in which uh he played a role in in the uh, uh buffalo sabers scoring their goal but you get contributions up and down the lineup lauren berçoise with another great fabulous performance I'll, i've said it once i'll say it a thousand times there's no difference between the Winnipeg Jets, whether Connor Hellebuck is in net or Lauren Brassois is in net. It's a massive compliment to them both is the way I see it, although I know some of you out there are just pissed off as hell that I say it too bad. It's the truth. The numbers back it up. Um, but the effort outshooting the team, shutting them down for vast majorities, vast swaths of this game, it. Like the Winnipeg Jets owned the puck, and every once in a while they would let the Buffalo Sabers borrow it, but not for long. Not for long. You can have it for a little bit, but you better bring it back quickly. It's that tool. Your neighbor who's got the tool on the wall, and he's so organized that there's a painted outline of the tool, and he's just looking at that gaping hole in the wall, and he says, "Give me that back." That's how the Jets were with the puck on this night. They kept doing all the right things over and over and over again, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And that's why they come away with this win tonight. Now, it doesn't have to be pretty. Hey, the Buffalo Sabres scored a really, really pretty goal on that first goal of theirs. Josh Morrissey's goal that ties this game up, it could not have been more dead in the crest than he shot it. I still don't know how it went in. I do believe... The hockey gods teleported it through the goaltender's chest into the back of the net. There's no right for that puck to go into the net, but. When you're the Jets and you do the right thing over and over and over and over and over again. Even the wrong goal is gonna go in. If the right goal doesn't find its way in, the wrong goal is gonna find its way in. And the Winnipeg Jets this season have thrived on scoring the wrong goal, the one that shouldn't go in, the bounce that sh- you know looks like luck, but you throw enough pucks at the net, eventually luck is going to happen. This is one of those games tonight, then a shift in which the Jets absolutely get Get worked over. You get Morgan Barron going down the other way and wiring one top corner. You hear his explanation of that goal afterwards. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, people. The shot that he takes, he goes short side, not because he sees a spot there, because that's the safer play. Right. If you shoot to the far side, you miss the net. It rolls around the boards while your lines are changing. Everybody's tired. And if the Buffalo Sabres are on top of it, they run around, pick up that puck, go back the other way. And maybe they score. Right. So you've got a player who in that moment is so zoned in on doing the right things that he takes the right shot that had it not gone in. Right. Keep doing the right thing over. And over and over again, eventually it will pay off. Well, if he had done the wrong thing, maybe he would have shot far side. Maybe it would have gone in. We wouldn't be having this conversation, but maybe it would have missed the net, gone up ice. Buffalo Sabres would have scored, and we'd be having a totally different conversation here. He did the right thing. He was engaged in that moment, doing the right thing, and it pays off for the Winnipeg Jets. uh, And they just keep doing the right thing over and over and over again. Uh, And that's why they win this. I take a look at this game, and this, for me, didn't like the Dallas game. I'm going to be honest with you. The Carolina game, I didn't like it either. The Winnipeg Jets were five periods into a nine-period road trip, and they were starting to look like the frauds, that somebody on Spitting Chicklets uh, told one of those podcast members they believe the Winnipeg Jets are. I don't know if they talked about that on the podcast yesterday. You'll have to let me know in the chat room because we'll have to have a conversation about that. But it was starting to look exactly like that. And then they came out. And yes, I, I, I contend that comeback doesn't happen without a meltdown by the Carolina Hurricanes goaltender. But give the Jets credit. They started doing the right thing over and over and over again in that period. And what it meant was when the Carolina Hurricanes faltered, when their goaltender faltered, when they looked like they thought that the Jets were going to roll over and die in that game. Listen, a team can play poorly, and you still don't come back against them if you don't do the right things. The Winnipeg Jets in that period did the right thing all the way through, and that's why they end up... Absolutely running that period over and then come into this game. And even though it was a tough time getting going, we didn't see the Jets, you know, the the laziness that we may have seen here in the past from the Winnipeg Jets. We saw them giving an honest effort. We saw the Buffalo Sabres somehow finding a way to take the lead, not just once, but twice and yet the Winnipeg Jets come out on top because they did the right things. They won the right way. I said it before. I didn't think they were winning the right way in that game against the Chicago Blackhawks, in that game against the Arizona Coyotes. I've been calling out the effort and the play and the the effort more than anything. Their structure, I think, has remained loosely intact, but the structure is still there. The effort has been a problem. Uh, Tonight, the effort was there. Tonight, doing the right things was there. Tonight, treating each teammate the right way was there. This was the kind of, this is the blueprint. This is the blueprint again. This is the Winnipeg Jets in the month of December. And it's them just keeping on charging. uh, If they can play like this going forward, Uh, this is around the time. I had a conversation with John Cooper because for those who don't know, uh, I wasn't on yesterday because I was doing the Montreal Canadiens uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. And who better to talk to about teams and what they do uh, down the stretch uh, to prepare for the playoffs and John Cooper who took his team to three straight Stanley Cup winning two of them the Winnipeg Jets I, he he said this that the month of February is typically a month that a lot of really really good teams you know they don't have their best effort he said it's also the kind of month that a coach will actually excuse it right he'll say Okay. well, the effort wasn't there that night or we lost that game. I thought we could have won it, but we lost it. I'll let it slide. Right. Just like Rick Bonus was excusing it for a while there until just recently started talking about it. You want to know why he started talking about it openly in the media, people? He started talking about it openly because it's time. It's time for the Jets to start ramping up. It's time for them to start leaving those lackluster games behind that really had marked a good chunk of the 2024 calendar year. Those squeaky wins over Chicago a couple of times, over Arizona, over the San Jose Sharks. It's time to get back. Tonight, the Winnipeg Jets were back. Not for just one period to come away and steal a game. Albeit against a very, very good Carolina Hurricanes team. This was the Winnipeg Jets. This was the blueprint. This is what they need to carry forward. Contributions up and down the lineup. Great defense. uh, Great goaltending. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to say it right now before we launch into this. um, Josh Morrissey. Uh, Is there a more important player on the Winnipeg Jets right now uh, than Josh Morrissey? I'll leave you with this before we bring Ken in because he finally decided to grace us with his presence, ladies and gentlemen. But while the Winnipeg Jets have kind of taken a good swath of time off here, I don't think Josh Morrissey has, and once again, he's been the beacon of light that has been showing the rest of the Jets the way. Tonight, another great example, but now the Winnipeg Jets following that beacon of light. That's my take on the whole thing. Time to bring in Kenny to get his opinion on the whole thing, the man with the best music in the business. Everybody, here comes Kenny. Kenneth, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Oh yeah, great, great day. Yeah, i good. That you didn't get my text in time, I guess, on the updated timet-
0: timetable. Oh hey, you know what? I I, I had stuff. You're already thing. rolling. Yeah, the there you go needed to tell some truth. Oh, good. He good. was here to do exactly that. Uh, I wasn't here last show. Clearly some people noticed. T. Will here saying, who even is this guy referring to me? Where's <laughs> Kenny and K.O.? Well, Will, if you're looking for the Kenny and Ka K.O. show, on the lesser known streaming service, I think it's Tutu uh... or something like that. It's the poor man's version of YouTube. You can go check it out there. Uh, what is not the poor man's version right now is the way that Ken is dressed. Looks like a million bucks, as he always He's does when he's on the game? You didn't look like that in the airport when I saw you. Funny story here, people. Ships passing I through the night, yeah, into each other. Today we had a meeting. We had no idea we were in Newark Airport uh, and bumped into each other. Didn't even know one or the other was going to be there. You didn't like look like that, Ken. But darn, you clean up nice. And what are you talking about? Nice. I,
1: you you were you, you must have sand in your eyes. I was wearing a suit at the airport. I just didn't have a you tie you on, buddy. The, you I was wearing the, the suit on. The tie. You didn't. Have oh, sorry. The, the jacket tie. was hanging over top. Of my bag, yeah. Sorry to... about Listen, that. Sorry don't,
0: about correct. that. <laughs> don't correct me when I'm right. This is this should be a rule on the show. All right, we're right. trying to correct Rennie. Anyways, you look like a million bucks, Ken. Uh, you're There's dressed the right way because that. of uh, our folks down at Vittorio Rossi. Uh, you know what to do head on down to Corden Avenue, go see Frankie and the boys, walk in loudly proclaim Kenny and Rennie sent you. Uh, ask for Frankie and the boys, and they will do you right. Ken, take it away. Ken, you muted yourself. I I thought I was the one out of practice here, folks. Uh, yeah, we'll get there eventually. There, so there he about is. That? How about He's us back, ladies down? and gentlemen.
1: All right, get into it, Ken. Yeah, buddy. Uh, interesting tilt here for sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just had one issue with my. I've been locked out of my computer, <laughs> locked out of my email. So, uh, we're doing our best to get. Would you like up me here. to do another 15 I wanna, uh, minutes I want to make sure so that, my story, that you could get ready. Here? My story has, <laughs> arrived, here. My story has <laughs> arrived here. I hope that my story has actually arrived at the uh, Winnipeg Free Press headquarters. It looks like it has. Uh, hang on one second here. I have to make one more change. Uh, impressive in a lot of ways, Sean. I, I think that even though the Jets, uh, fell behind in the game. I I don't know that they were playing
0: poorly. That's a great one by KB Jet. Kenny trips over the blue line. Yes, very well D. Mackey played. He says, Kenny, slow out of the blocks. They're right. And, and, and you're still letting them... We're waiting. We're waiting for your analysis, Ken. Yeah, Let's buddy. Get yeah, it. buddy. Let's get to the analysis. Well,
1: what I would... Here, sorry. I'm just going to... I'm going to need one second here. Sorry. Okay. The buffet will be open shortly.
0: Sorry. Okay. Do you want yeah, to pop go. out of the show? I have lots on Morrissey, but I'll be right back. Yeah. All right. Pop out of the show. Uh, if you are ever wondering who's truly here for you, ladies and gentlemen, just take a look at the screen right now. Cause your main man, Rennie is here for you. Let's launch into Josh Morrissey. um, I thought something that just has popped to me lately. And listen, I'm going to go looking for it. If anyone can remember some of the great reactions we've seen from the players getting set up by Josh Morrissey uh, tonight. Nino Niederreiter. Do you see the look on his face that when he gets that pass that he redirects into the net from Josh Morrissey for the first of the game? A, I'll say this about Niederreiter. He redirects that on an almost near impossible angle into the back of the net and then does it later in the game where the goaltender actually makes, you know, maybe a keg save of the game candidate that he learned to come across and do that. But the point and the look at Josh Morrissey afterwards, because Josh Morrissey steps into that like he is going to shoot that puck and Everyone on the ice falls for it except for Nino Niederreiter who redirects it and is gifted a wide open net by Josh Morrissey. You know what? You know where you've seen that look before? You saw it from Mark Shifley on his tying goal in the game against the Carolina Hurricanes when Josh Morrissey makes just an absolutely great play where it looks like everybody is just fighting to get their stick on the puck, but Josh Morrissey isn't just fighting to get his stick on it. He's fighting to chip it away. Everyone thinks he's just going to try and push the puck forward. He kind of flips it off to the side a little bit to Mark Shafley, who's all alone in front of the net. And you watch him. He dekes the goalie, scores heads off into the corner and turns around and it's the Morrissey's not the first person to him. Someone gets to him. I can't remember who it is and the hug happens, but the look on his face and what he says to Josh Morrissey, when Josh Morrissey is coming in, Josh Morrissey is wowing. He is wowing his teammates with the way that he is setting them up. Uh, He's on fire right now. And, and I'll say this, um, it happens time and again. And I know on the local broadcasts, it's their job to kind of hype uh, things up. You know, the national conversation is always different than the local conversation. People can say the whole Josh Norrissey thing all they want to right now, but there's some defensemen that are way, way out there in points. Those are the ones that usually garner this. I think it's too late of a push for Josh Morrissey to be in the conversation uh, of the defenseman of the year. I don't know. Maybe he continues like this down the stretch for the last 22 games of the season maybe he could possibly get his name back in that conversation he is top 10 in scoring in defensemen but I'll say this to to me I don't need the hardware to tell me that's the exact same thing and I'll use the example again when you go back to 2018 in the playoffs Roman Yossi celebrated defenseman here's a guy who's won defenseman of the year trophies and accolades and everyone talked about him coming up Who's the more impactful defenseman in that series? It's Dustin Bufflin by a long shot. And I would argue when Dustin Bufflin got into those really big games that mattered, were there defensemen out there, defensemen who were winning Norris trophies? Uh, were there defensemen out there that that had more of an impact on a game when Dustin Bufflin was at his best? Now, looks totally different. But Josh Morrissey right now, every time the Jets are in need of a of a boost and an offensive boost. Now I say, I say offensive boost specifically because Adam Lowry's line is the line that is quite often sent out to try and jumpstart the, you know, get the paddles out and ka chunk, get the Winnipeg jets going. That's the line that usually does that. Sometimes they score, they get one tonight, they get the ball rolling for the Winnipeg jets. But every time Josh Morrissey is on the ice. The Winnipeg Jets are that much more dangerous offensively. Everything runs through this guy. He truly is the chess master out there for the Winnipeg Jets. And I know last game, Hey, Mark Shifley was absolutely phenomenal and Ken's back ladies and gentlemen. So I'll finish my point up. Uh, so you can get some Kenny content in here. Uh, but, um, you take a look at Josh Morrissey over his last, I don't know how many games, like we talk about all the points that he's putting up. I'll I'll end this the way I ended shortly when I was talking about him at the beginning of the show, but the Winnipeg jets effort, uh, their output had, had dipped over the last, you know, number of weeks, maybe even you could argue over a couple of months, their 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 effort level all that had dipped. It hadn't with Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey was the guy who was standing up and skating hard while a lot of people decided to just kind of sit and hold on to his jersey this whole time. Uh the thing about that is when a guy like that starts getting other people helping, he can just go that much faster. He continues to lead the charge, and there is a number of Winnipeg Jets right now surfing in his wake like he's one of those gigantic wake boats. He's the engine that runs this, and somewhere out there, Maul Priest is trying to hold back tears <laughs> of rage because he hates it when I talk about how good Josh Morrissey is, Ken.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, sorry for the delay here. The The story has been has arrived at the paper. We're good to go. Uh, a couple of technical difficulties, but we're done with that. Uh, you know who does not having technical difficulties? That is one Josh Morrissey. Four shots on goal, Sean. Eight shot attempts, two takeaways, 29 shifts, Twenty four thirty of ice time. One goal, one assist. Uh, brilliant play to find Nino you know, Niederreiter to start the offensive affair and just an absolutely just incredible effort of will right i mean uh, how many times has someone been hooked on the hands as they're trying to shoot and i know that every single buffalo sabres fans going how does that squeeze through it squeezed yeah. through because josh morrissey willed it to happen i mean great play by vladislav Nemestikov at the top at the blue line he gets it to mark shifley mark shifley the puck is barely on his stick before it's passed up just an incredible uh example of hockey intelligence sean by morrissey jumping up smart play by Nemestikov, and a just incredible piece of vision for shifley who returns the favor for what morrissey did for him the day before uh just an absolute brilliant effort by morrissey he's still just so incredibly humble i mean i i, I want to write so i wanted to write more about morrissey i, I led my story with it but You know, he's deferring credit to everybody and, you know, kind of joking that the the guy let off the hook uh, right before he shot it. So, um, you know, I I just it's so impressive. And I, I agree with what you said. I mean, we know that Quinn Hughes, yes, he has more points. But I mean, right now, I'm sorry. And this people can say I'm a homer or what. But if you were picking which defenseman you wanted on your team does Josh Morrissey not bring as much or more to the table right now than Quinn Hughes? No re- disrespect to Quinn Hughes, but right now Josh is the motor that is running the engine for the Winnipeg Jets right now. And John Shannon was sitting beside me today at the game here, Sean. Um, he was saying this, like, he was saying also like the best news for Josh Morrissey is that the Jets are going to roll through the New York area to play three games in, in the middle of middle to the end of March. So the East Coast bias, are they're going to show up and see how, jo- if Josh Morrissey's playing like this, there's going to be people in the East Coast noticing. And right. it, it's it been, an, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to matter in the voting. I'm just saying that right now, um, Morrissey's just playing at an exceptional level. And it's not just the offense. The offense has been happening. And uh, here we go. QMJ saying Morrissey will be a stud on Team Canada. Could not agree more. Oh, God. A, a yeah. team that has Kale McCarr and Josh uh, Nor- uh, Morrissey on the back end. Come on. I mean, it's going to be very impressive to watch on that big stage. And no doubt Quinn Hughes is going to have a Im- huge impact on Team USA. But right now, Morrissey has just been absolutely dynamite. And, you know, this was one of the games where, yes, the Jets had shots and they had some chances. I-, I thought that their lines were quite disjointed, quite frankly. And I know, you know, I wasn't paying that close attention, but I know that uh, based on what found out, what I found in my timeline, uh, lots of angst and anguish over Nikolai Ehlers uh, going to the second line. But there's Vladislav Nemestikov making a brilliant play on the tying goal. And there he is after Kyle Connor hunts down Rasmus Dalin to you know, clean up the mess and get the first uh, empty netter. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it, it, it's frustrating for Nikolai Ehlers. There's no doubt about that. I understand the frustration. I'd like to see Nikolai Ehlers get some more ice time. But what I saw, Sean, was that when Sean Monahan was playing with Alex Follow and Vladislav Nemestikov, those guys all work incredibly hard. There's not a natural driver and finisher. Yes, Sean Monaghan has 21 goals. Uh, having a great year offensively. He can score. But Nikolai Ehlers and Sean Monahan are playing well together. I mean, at some point, would it be, you know, will the Jets consider trying Kyle Connor with Sean Monahan? We'll see. There's 22 more games to see if that could happen. Um, Those guys work incredibly hard. Uh, but tonight, the move gets made, and the move paid dividends again like i understand people look at the anal- Like Nikolai ehlers is a dynamic player sean what i saw a few times in the first period and i'm not blaming ehlers for this but we've talked about it a lot Nikolai ehlers does not play a game that is you know something that is predictable right i, I we saw kyle connor go offside once in the first period and then we also saw a play where both Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers were making kind of hope plays to themselves, like wild backhand cross ice seems that they're getting picked off. So again, in small doses, they've been incredibly dynamic and effective. And you know what, if you left them together for 20 games, it might pay enormous dividends, but I had no problem with the, the change being made today. And obviously it, it paid off for them. And you know, is it whether it's going to pay off over the long term, We're not sure. Uh, but, It was worth trying, and it worked out. And, hey, I I get it, people. Uh, I'm a big backer of Nikolai Ehlers' work. Um, And, again, I don't think it was his fault today necessarily, but the trio wasn't really generating the same way that they were in the third period the other night, so... Anyways, Kenny, still a work Kenny, in progress.
0: Kenny doing my job for me talking about that, at paying mm-hmm. off there that move that they made. And if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian credit union about their payoff loan. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt free faster and you can save thousands of dollars. Go to cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. Clearly I wanted to shout this out as well. Uh, the, pristine roofing i was waiting to see if the jets last game got a wake-up call or if they got the magnitude of the Pristine Roofing wake up call and tonight they showed me that they absolutely did get the Pristine Roofing wake up call. So it's not too late for us to say it's time to give North End Rick the Pristine Roofing wake up call. He's the guy that you call to get Pristine Roofing down any roofing siding exterior needs that you have. He's the guy to call at 12049816289. You can also call Pristine Roofing at 12042377663. You can call either of those numbers. If there's anyone out there that you think could use a break, needs a break, someone out there needs a new roof, I don't care how you're related to them, if you don't even know them, uh, Pristine Roofing is going to be gifting, gifting a free roof to someone deserving of one out there. So if you know someone who fits that bill, get a hold of Pristine Roofing or get a hold of North End Rick, let them know who it is, and they just may walk away with a brand-new roof. Uh, so, so generous on the part of the people at awesome Pristine stuff. Roofing. Thank you. Um yeah. Get to uh, Lauren Bressois on this night. What did you think of him?
1: Just rock solid. I mean, certainly not overworked. We understand that. But it, it was the saves that he was making when he needed to make them. Again, this, is, this is vintage uh, This he And quite frankly, Sean, this is probably the kind of low shot volume type of game he saw in Vegas last year down the stretch quite often, don't you think? I mean, uh, oh, yeah. he, he but when he was tested... He had to make some impressive saves again. He had another, you know, he had one off the mask. He had a couple of you know, squaring up. I thought he was very economical in his movements today. Uh really reading the play well. He got active in terms of leaving pucks for his defenseman behind the net. And he just has brought this calmness and composure to the backup role. It, we've said it countless times. The, the Jets, they don't dip when Lauren Brussois goes in the net. And you know, if you look around the league now. I'm not saying Bersois' case, because even though he's not getting 1B workload in terms of games played, sometimes when there is a distinct backup, teams have to you know, clamp down defensively, quote-unquote, right? I mean, they, Jets don't have to do that because they trust their backup, and they know that he's going to do a good job, and he's done a good job. He's done an exceptional job, quite frankly, and, and it's not... I don't care about, you know, wins and losses can be a deceiving stat. In this case, Lauren Bressois, 10 wins and 16 starts. I mean, he's given the Jets every reason to play him. The next question will be, do they play him in the front end against Seattle or in the back end against the Vancouver Canucks? I mean, that's the only question over when his next start's going to be. There's a back-to-back coming again. It'll give him three starts in a small sample of games and good for him the Jets need to find him starts so okay so he's up to 16 there's 22 games left so for me he's got to get at least six out of those 22 don't you or what what's the number for you I mean going into the year Sean I think I was pretty clear 22 as kind of a baseline minimum and if they want to give him a few more to keep Hellebuck fresh by all means do that but I love the way that Brassois played and you know I don't really you know, there's definitely you're not faulting him on the power play goal. I mean, that all five players touched the puck in that oh, yeah. like 12 second span and, and he it's an absolutely gets it. I know he exactly that it. that's the he crazy part.
0: Like Oposo, as good a play as that is yes. that's the kind of, that's the kind of play a lot of goalies like don't even move over cuz they're like For I sure. can't get that. He almost gets it.
1: No, exactly. And I mean, second one, it goes off the stick of Demello. That that's just bad luck. He, he had squared it up. The puck kind of dipped
0: um, hey, I want to go back to Ehlers because I haven't really shared my thoughts on no, this. go and ahead. I like this comment by Justin Laniak. But before I get to Justin's comment, I wanted you to give a shout out to Sweet Lou.
1: All right. For folks who have realty needs they'd like to have met, contact our main man, Sweet Lou Ferlin, at... Royal LePage Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at loufurlan.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast.
0: Um, Justin Laniak says here, I thought the lines were doing excellent. Just don't understand why Ehlers has such a short leash. Guy makes one turnover, he's demoted. Conrad Schife not held to the same standard. Um, I agree with you about, you know, the, the Cambrian credit union payoff loan uh, move that really paid off in this game. I agree with that. Nemesikov goes up there. You've heard me talk endlessly on this podcast about Nemesikov and the value that he has to this team. You can put him anywhere and he'll bring value to that line he did that tonight so i agree it paid off i agree with this 100 by justin Laniak. though it's it's the idea of why he has such a short leash like let's be honest with ourselves over the last little while and this is maybe why it's so tough to talk about because kyle connor over the last number of games i mean how many straight games had he put a goal up how many times did he have game winners right they he starts to come back against the carolina hurricanes Finds a way to get it into the back of the net one way or the other. He's one of those guys who just has a feel for the net and the weaknesses of the goaltenders and knows how to get the puck there. Um, Maybe that's what buys him that time consistently. And again, but to me the move that you make after the last game to have Ehlers on that top line is, is what sparks you, right? And the best hockey that this team has played all year Was with Ehlers on that top line. I I agree. I've said this before. People ask me this question and I tell you, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is why Nick Ehlers never seems to be given the benefit of the doubt when other players are always and consistently given the benefit of the doubt. Nick Ehlers seems to be the guy who's expendable at the top of the lineup when they're trying to do something. And then it's almost reluctantly, it's almost like the, in case of emergency break, break glass, you bring the hammer out, smash the glass and out pops Nikolai Ehlers to jump up on that first line and launch the team into the stratosphere. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. All I know is I think there's been far too much. I mean, it's not a small sample size thing anymore. There's been far too large of a sample size that shows that Nikolai Ehlers works on that top line, that he's one of the guys that really, you know, launches this team when they need it most. And I have been arguing for a long time. This team needed a launch. It needed a wake up. He seems like the guy who's capable of doing that. Listen, I'm not a head coach. I don't know what the balance has to be. I clearly, I know that Rick bonus is really trying to get a second scoring line going. That's it. That's I think, I think Ken, that's probably top of his priority list is to try and find a second line that starts consistently scoring. And his hope was that Sean Monahan and Nick those would work towards that. And which I think they were, we were seeing some chemistry between the two of them. Definitely. Um, But I mean, what 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 does to your to your point what does Sean Monahan and Kyle Connor look like i mean with 22 games left in the season are we running out of time to find out and i maybe that's a ridiculous question because there's a quarter of a season left but Shouldn't what you've seen from Nikolai Ehlers give him some chances on that top line and maybe create a scenario by which you are seeing what you have in Sean Monahan and Kyle Connor? Uh, I just uh, again, uh, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm not a head coach. I don't have all of those concerns. But I have to say, I agree 100% with what Justin Laniak says that he's seeing here. Nikolai Ehlers seems to have an extremely short leash. And yet, you know, it's that retractable leash, right? When he's up, you he press the button and he gets like zipped back in. But that leash goes on lock once he gets down to the bottom line. It seems very, very hard for him to get back to the top line after that.
1: Sure. And again, for for the folks who are sending me suggestions, and, I, you know, we always appreciate the suggestions box about what what I should be asking Rick. I mean, I, I'm watching the game, folks. I, I'm going to ask Rick about about what happened with the lines, and I did. But you may not like the answer, okay? I asked him about it before the game. I asked him about it after the game. Rick was very concise when I asked him what prompted the change. When I don't like what I see, then I make that change. Simple as that. So he doesn't share the view of Justin, and uh, and that's okay. The coach is not always right, right? We get it. Our job is to to poke and prod and to you know sometimes question those decisions. So... I get it, but I don't think that the line was flying tonight. They weren't. And Sean, here's the problem when that line isn't, you know, they're getting some chances. Yes, but who's digging the puck out of the corner from those three when they're when it's not flowing
0: off the rush, right? right but Ooh. i mean people 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 aren't suggesting what you're saying people aren't suggesting to have Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers on the same line they're suggesting to put someone who can be that guy with Shifley and Ehlers and allow a look like Brady uh at NHL Chunky says here maybe Kyle Connor could provide the second line the scoring punch they're looking for that's sure. what they're saying they're not saying what you're suggesting they're saying that we get it. You don't need two of the same player on one line. There's a lot of people who believe that Nikolai Ehlers is the better option on the top line with Mark Scheifele compared to Kyle Connor. Um, my my gut feeling tells me that Mark Scheifele doesn't feel that way, and that has a lot to do with this. Um, but uh, I, I agree with your point. You can't have too much of the same thing on one line, uh, which is why it worked when you had Velardi with that line. But you know, someone has, someone made a comment here. They said the world, here we go, big hitter says, the word, world revolves around a inconsistent player. And, I mean, I, I, I guess he's talking uh, or trying to point out to Nikolai Ehlers here. And, yes, he's a little bit of a wild card. But the number of times that Kyle Connor has turned the puck over in the last number of games and that his scoring has kind of helped erase some of his defensive liability over the last little while. Um, There's not like there's an insane amount of consistency on that line with Kyle Connor as of late since he returned from his injury. Yeah,
1: fair. But I mean, we're on Kyle Connor all the time for defensive play today. He forced a turnover that led to an empty net goal. So, I mean, he did his part on that case. I mean, do I think Kyle Connor has had his a game flowing for the last month? No. But I also think that Nikolai Eulers went 10 games where he had one assist, and he also wasn't on his game. So uh, everyone is battling through. It's the time of year when they're trying to find their best. We, both guys have dealt with significant things this year that have impacted their play. Nikolai Euler's at the start of the year with training camp, and he's still kind of battling through things. Kyle Connor missed 16 games with a significant knee injury. Um, you know, at, at that time, at some time, does that mean he's not going to the same areas? You know, we'll see. I mean, uh, this it's it's a great thing to be arguing or debating about. I think, right? I mean that that's part of the deal. And hey, I get it. Uh, you know, eventually Nikolai Ehlers, you know, in two years his contract will be up. So I, I get it. I mean, if you're if you feel you're a first line player and you're not getting first line minutes, I mean, that's going to be a, that's gonna be an issue at some point, whether it's at the bargaining table or somewhere else. But I mean these guys are both, they have the same goal. They have a common goal. They're trying to contribute to a winning team and, and look, the jets are in first place. So I get it. If the jets were a struggling team or battling to make the playoffs and, you know, these decisions weren't lining up with what people, you know, what they want or what the analytics suggest, then sure, go ahead and, and, and and make all the questions. Um, So uh, again, Uh, This isn't necessarily, it's a, if Nikola Ehlers isn't there, that means Rick Bonus doesn't trust him or he doesn't like him or anything like that. The Jets have to have three scoring lines if they want to be a serious contender. And quite frankly, they need four lines. And today, Morgan Barron, who is on the fourth line a lot this year and sometimes gets the bump up shift, became the ninth player on the Jets roster to have double digits and goals. So you need everybody going. They're trying to find the right fit throughout the top six. Are they there yet? We're not sure. Uh, and that's the thing. If they aren't going to switch, then they're going to have to adapt. But anyways, it's it's a debate that will rage on. And Sean, we know this. I get it. Points per 60, whatever else. It's a fun stat that people love. But at the end of the day... It's not just expected goals and, and underlying numbers you need to produce. And one thing we can't argue, and that's not a knock on Nikolai Ehlers, because he's produced plenty given the ice time that he's had. But it, it's impossible to question Kyle Connor's production. Does that mean he's always the best fit on that line, or he's the best player in every game? No, but there are very few players in the NHL, Sean, who have scored more goals than Kyle Connor since he's been in the league. So we can say all we want if if Ealer's got more ice time, then automatically his his production would go up. That's not a guarantee. What has been a guarantee is that Kyle Connor can produce, and he produces in the clutch for the Jets in terms of game winners and overtime winners and everything else. So they're going to have to find a way to coexist. Whether that's on the same line or on different lines doesn't matter as long as you're getting the production from both players
0: i going to tell you this. Uh, talking about people being on fire, uh, Stonewall Dave is oh, on it's a great fire comment. in the chat room yeah. right here. First of all, he says this. Despite the fan chatter, Sean has sent Ken down to the Zoom lobby to find his game. This, is, this could be framed and put on as an all-timer. Uh, but this one all-timer. too here, he says, it's not that fans want reporters to ask a question. They really want the reporter to demand the coach do what the <laughs> fan wants. This is so true and Ken will get this. It's why he's laughing. I find of course this time it's and why. time again where someone will accuse, and I went on this rant a couple of uh, podcasts ago where someone was like, oh, well, why don't the reporters ask this? And we're like, we asked that. We asked this a little while ago and the response invariably is like, yeah, but you didn't ask it like this. You didn't ask it like this. And what a fan wants you to say is their opinion. They want you to say, this guy sucks. Why won't you take him off that line? That's what they want. And unless you say that, you're not – and I've been through this before. That's not journalism. That's not how it works. It's not about bringing your opinion into this. But Stonewall Dave absolutely nails what sports reporters have to deal with all the time. It's not that we're not asking the questions people want. It's that we're not – getting the answer that they specifically want or confirming their bias or whatever it is. Ken, before we do move on with some of the other stuff. This is also uh, beautiful. Winnipeg Gabe Vivaldi who was a winner of the Keg gift certificate last show, I believe, says I'm wondering if there's almost 600 people watching live because of how horrible the Jets are. This is what we do, right? We dig into these things and we do all this kind of stuff. I mean, God, the Jets are flying. Hey, I started out by saying the Jets to me look like they've rediscovered the blueprint uh, and that, you know, they do this going forward. It bodes extremely well for them. To me, that's the overarching message. And then we drill down into all the kind of little things here and there. So if anyone thinks that we're like in here to try and like crap on the jets who are doing as good as they are, that's not the goal. I think we t- told you where they're going. There's always the tweaks. It's the little nuances of the team. That's where the true fans like to spend their time. And that's where we're spending the time here on K Derek Schmidt says, is Kenny at the bottom of the stairs? <laughs> I didn't really see the rest of it. You took at it At the off. old
1: pal, he said. At the old no, it's pal. A, it's
0: a, I'm at Key Bank Center. Uh, Dennis, well, I appreciate the
1: thought. So I haven't seen uh, any people
0: rushing down the stairs behind you to go puke uh, in the bathroom, so you're definitely not <laughs> You're definitely not there. Uh, before we get to our other stuff, I wanted you to address the uh, – did you do this on the, sh- the last show? We can move on if you did, but did you guys talk about uh, the spitting chicklets, the player uh, in the no, Western Conference who referred no. to the Winnipeg Jets as frauds? Did you hear about that? Did not. Sorry. No. Okay. So He'll on the Chicklets podcast. Well, no, I'll tell you what it is. And you can give me your on the spitting chicklets podcast. They talked about talking to a player behind the scenes who went unnamed, but was on a team that the Winnipeg jets do have potential of playing in the first round uh, of the playoffs. And the player on that team referred to the Winnipeg jets as the biggest frauds in the NHL and that they'd be out in the first round. What's your take? <laughs> Well, we'll see, I guess. I mean, the Jets haven't been out
1: of the first round since uh, co- what COVID season, I guess. They were in the second round and then promptly got swept by the Montreal Canadiens who were the last seed in the entire thing. But they also knocked off the top seed in the North Division that year. So um, I would say that, uh, you know, I'm, I would be curious. To s- I, first, I'd be curious how many times that person has played the Jets this year. Uh, Is he basing it on this year? Is he basing it on a track record of the past five seasons? Uh, But either way, um, well, (laughs) I I wouldn't put them in that category. And um, no matter how players feel about them, I mean, this is the one thing, Sean. I mean, the one thing that the Jets have that almost every other team in the NHL doesn't have is... Connor Hellebuck and they have an elite tandem, like either the best or one of the best in the NHL. So people can feel all they want about what the jets are, but you're still going to have to play an incredible series to beat them four of seven times because of their goaltending, because of their commitment to structure. And because of the depth we talked about with the nine guys in double digits and they have an elite number one defenseman in Josh Morrissey. So I, I, I would say if you're, do the Jets have some flaws that occasionally get exposed? Absolutely, they do. But so do all the other teams in the Western Conference. I mean, Sean, the Carolina Hurricanes are a legit Stanley Cup contender in the Eastern Conference. They have been one for four or five seasons. They play extremely fast, they're big, they're strong. But what happens to Carolina in the playoffs? They don't score, Sean. They don't score against their other teams. And then guess what? If you don't have an elite goalie or someone who plays above average, you don't get to the Stanley Cup final or win the Stanley Cup final. So, I mean, does that make them frauds? Not to me, but they have a weakness that has been exposed at times. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what the follow-up. And again, Anonymous stuff... I'm going to tell you right now, Sean, good on the person for going on the podcast. But if you think you have the balls... Oh, they
0: never went on the podcast. Okay, because
1: yeah, I'm going sorry. to say it, this. It, it, it was just
0: a conversation. That, you know what uh, would show some it.
1: stones? Saying on the record you think they're frauds. Okay, yeah. great. Oh, so to, Patrick, your buddies, to your buddies, you can say... Yeah, those guys are frauds. Say it out loud if that's how you feel.
0: Ah, uh, okay. No? So Patrick Guads agrees with you. said, cowards not to name names. No player would ever do this publicly. Uh, that well, so would then be why are they like, doing it privately? Well, you, do, you don't think that players no, are no, constantly no, I, having these conversations all the time and saying these kind of things? For endlessly? sure,
1: Sean. My point is that, oh, hey, good job. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm currying favor with spit and chiclets because I gave them some goods that – I wouldn't say, but, you know, why I, don't I mean, you say it? Why don't, I don't you say I it? I don't
0: see it that way. I see it as those guys having connections with t- p- players in the NHL, having a conversation. Oh, they got tons of connections. Up, There's no and doubt he about says, that. I don't, think, I don't think that it's a player going, listen, I need to go plant this on spitting chiclets. I'm thinking that that player probably you know said it and then was like oh crap well and you wouldn't put your name on that that would be stupid because then it's on the bulletin board right hey it's the same reason I think that like all the shade and Freud that has gone on in Winnipeg towards Pierre-Luc Dubois people just better hope that the Jets don't play LA in the first round and he decides to wake up right like I've said this before this is why I think like Pierre-Luc Dubois is like having it's a train wreck there and you know my thoughts on this Ken we've talked about it like this is I think well, We've been it's talking about it for three years. Well, I think it's un- unacceptable. You know what? I went back to the very first ever Kenny and Rennie we had. It wasn't even on this. It was on Instagram. And the first day that we did it was after he came. And my comments on that t- at that time were like, look, he's got potential. He's got this. He's got that. But that shift that he did, he's got that in him. He's got it in him to do that. I'm not saying he does it with the Winnipeg Jets, but I'm saying he's got it in him to do it. And we've seen that since... Damn good analysis coming from Rennie that, that was that was the truth teller in the early stages at well that done. time. But anyways, to get back to this, um, uh, what I love about this whole thing is the conversation and people trying to figure out who it is, right? Like T Mackey says, but he said currently in a playoff position, so that means a wildcard team. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's so tight there. This could be LA. It could be St. Louis. It could be Nashville. I don't think it's anyone from uh, Nashville. It could be Vegas. Vegas is dangerously close to falling into one of those spots, uh, the way things are going. So there's a number of teams that this could be. I'll say this, and you know what? Like a little bit of a, a, sh- a shot of like reality here. The Winnipeg Jets have shown in the past. That They've been frauds. They've done it time and time again. They did it in 2019. They did it last season down the stretch. So to me, you can be offended by this all you want. And clearly the fans are they're pissed off about this. It's incumbent upon the Jets this season to go out and show that they are not frauds that's what they need to do because they've opened themselves up to this criticism. The way things ended last year with the jets warring with their head coach and the way that they fell apart down the stretch that, that they were frauds last season, like cut print over the Winnipeg jets were frauds last season this year. They're looking, they're looking the real deal. I think they're the real deal. We've been saying they're the real deal, but you can't be, You know, you can't have your mind blown that people out there have been, you know, how many times were the Jets, that team that like, you know, I, uh, again, I remember Frank calling them to win the Stanley cup. How many people year after year were like, oh, the Jets are winning the Stanley cup this year. I know it's 90% of you in the chat room who are saying that it really hasn't translated to a lot of playoff success. So for the most part, when the chips have been on the table, the Jets have folded. So it, to me, this comment is basically someone saying, I hey listen, they're doing this they're doing that at the heart of it. I don't think things have changed. they they thinking the Jets are going out in the first round. I don't see that happening, but I definitely say this you can't get that mad about people saying that about a team that's had the history that the Winnipeg Jets have had in the playoffs. It's incumbent upon the Jets this year to go out and prove to the hockey world that they are not. Prods, Ken. You're just yeah, If you, you don't want to, if you game. don't like a narrative, it's very simple. Change stop. the narrative. Yeah. Change the narrative or stop win. living out that narrative. Now, again, exactly. it is hard
1: to win in the NHL, but hey, you want to be, a, you want to raise a banner, win four rounds. There you go. It's very simple.
0: There you go. Okay, Ken. And again, just, sorry, I, I also have no
1: problem. Uh, just so that I did not want to make myself clear, I have no problem. I we want more players to share their opinions, uh, with with whether it's spitting chiclets or anybody else. So feel free, but if you want to get, you know, if you want to really, you know, make some real headlines, then say it on the record. It it was all I sort of meant on that. Um, Johnson, hold on just before you
0: do that. Elias McCracken here says, no, Rennie, you're not a fraud losing in the first round. The playoffs are tough. One of Dallas, Colorado, or the jets will go in the first round. This is like, give me a break here. You're, 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 hiding the obvious. You're ducking away from the obvious. Yeah, Colorado went out in the first round last year, and yes, they lost to a team like Seattle, but it was a seven-game war that they went through to get there. The Winnipeg Jets started out showing everyone how capable they were and then forgot to show up for the rest of the series to the degree that their coach called them out. So stop with these false equivalencies. This is a ridiculous comment because it's basically ignoring the exact issue that we're talking about. This is the equivalent equivalent of that year the Jets went to the final eight and got absolutely destroyed by the Canadians and swept four straight. And the Jets were celebrating this like top eight finish of theirs, like the Canadian Division wasn't a a different division than anything else. Stop, stop hiding from the issue. Take a look at the issue where the Winnipeg jets have been and why they would earn a reputation as being frauds and then get, get about fighting it enough with ignoring it. That's ridiculous. Uh, Ken Johnson group, got you covered play of the game.
1: Yeah, this is a very simple one to me. I mean, there was a a couple of other, you know, interesting things during the game. I sent you a text about a Neil Pionk shot block, Sean, but, um, I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) The Johnson Group got you covered play of the game is a simple play. It's one that gets made by players countless times in a game. But when you've gone 15 games without recording a point and you were healthy scratched the night before for the first time in your NHL career and you make a smart play that the head coach is going to appreciate and it leads to the game-winning goal... I'm pretty sure you can win the got you covered play of the game, and that's Cole Perfetti, who, well, you know, wasn't happy about being scratched and did something about it. He went out and produced a point. No, was it a backdoor tap in? A brilliant play showing off his incredible hockey vision and intelligence. It showed off his intelligence, but it didn't show off his greatest gift, which is his passing. Just a smart play, playing on his off wing makes a smart backhand chip into the neutral zone. Morgan Barron wins a battle. He's been out for, on the ice for a while. He unloads a shot from distance, and he beats another goalie trying to establish himself as a number one guy, and a guy who's been awesome, quite frankly, Sean, for a team that had had a pretty lousy year and now it's suddenly been playing great since January. I mean, the fact that UPL has a... 244 goals against average and 914 save percentage on a team that entered the day 10 points out of a playoff spot is absurd. Um, But anyways, Cole Perfetti, love the response. You know, some people were saying, oh, well, he should have had that play. Well, if Cole Perfetti's two, two inches taller or has five inches more of a vertical, maybe he knocks the high flip down. But it's not Cole Perfetti's fault that Eric Robinson scored. But Cole Perfetti was ticked off that they gave up a goal in the game and they went out and got the winner so anyways that's a long-winded way of saying um you know good on Cole Perfetti to respond because you want your player to respond as Rick Bonus told me yesterday and then reinforced today and I said it on the show I wrote about it it was not punishment for Cole Perfetti but as a player like Cole Perfetti it's gonna feel like punishment and it should you're a first first first-round draft pick. There are going to be stumbles. Nobody ever wants to be a healthy scratch. And I can tell you right now, Sean, I was a healthy scratch far more times than I cared to be as a member of the Regina Cougars. But it's all about when you get your opportunity and what you do with it. So good on Cole Perfetti to respond. I mean, I think it's something that can spark him. Now, let's see how he does. He's still got 22 games here. Um, so anyways, I, I think that was a smart play. And Sean, if he makes that play a lot, he's going to get more ice time. Simple yeah. as
0: that. Yeah, no doubt. He he needed that. Uh, I said it off the top of the show um that that first goal that happens uh he gets a little bit lost on the back pressure if he's in the right spot that shot doesn't get off so not only does he you know kind of lose it in the neutral zone but he doesn't do the 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 right things on the back check so for him to get back into that it's it's like i'm saying about that last game against carolina maybe just maybe that's the la kings game in 2023 where it kind of gives them the spark and wakes them up you know like the lightning bolt to frankenstein um, uh, maybe that goal uh, to help win the game coming from the fourth line and Cole Perfetti assisting on that goal is the lightning bolt uh, that he needs to get the monster in him going. Uh, hey, it's been called for. Uh, let's do it quickly before we get on with the show. Oh, sorry. Hang uh, on. Let's sorry, we never Sean's did head... the – got to do the read. and uh, sorry, We, we, will, we will. I'll do it when oh, I get sorry. back. Uh, oh, let's yeah. make it a Sean's headband version of the KNR show. got to say, Ken, I just wanted the crowd to to ruminate on that uh, Frankenstein line that I had towards the end there. Uh, I thought that was really good. Get the monster going and Cole Perfetti. Hey, uh, you want to get the monster going for your folks uh, and take care of the people who work for you? And hey, do you run a small business in Canada? You can look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, uh, Chambers Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chambers Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more and that was the Johnson Group, the Kenny and Rennie OGs got you covered play of the game. Moving on to the keg save of the game. Ken, what do you got? I think there's only one for this, eh? The one on Thompson
1: or which one did you like?
0: The wraparound, the, the Greenway. Greenway wraparound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good one. I think I that's, liked... the, uh, that's the obvious one for me.
1: Yeah, right on. I liked actually his the save he made with his mask, uh, quite frankly, during that uh third period power play i want to say yeah but yeah i mean that was a great save i mean jordan greenway has that crazy reach and i just thought that brossois was excellent overall i mean i thought upl made a couple of highlight reelers at the other end too but um yeah I, i like that call that's a good call i'll agree with you let's agree agree uh, I'll, I'll
0: go with this Winnipeg Gabriel Vivaldi Gabriel says technically the wraparound wasn't a save and I agree with that a lot of times the save of the game isn't actually a save but what happens in this scenario is when you're a forward trying to beat the goaltender to the post if you see that the goaltender has a, pot- a potential to beat you there you don't take as much time right if, if he's not getting across there Jordan Greenway takes that extra half second, extra quarter section, extra eighth of a second to go that much more and just tuck the puck around. Uh, Regardless of whether he got the paddle on it, uh, he he forced Greenway in this situation to try and cut it short. For me, that's good enough for the keg save of the game. But it doesn't matter what's good enough for me. It matters what's good enough for you. Share with us your hashtag, the keg save of the game. You're automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate. Usable at any of the three fine keg locations here in the city of Winnipeg. Each location finer than the last. And the winner from our last show, that would be Todd on Todd Kucharon, who bought frozen pizzas from my daughter. I'm hoping you have... Hey, he bought a lot of frozen pizzas. I'm hoping Todd has enough room or he hasn't filled up too much on pizzas that he doesn't want to head out and uh, fill up on a steak. Hey, who's going to turn that down? Uh, Todd, you know what to do. Direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds, full name and your email address, and I will have the keg send you a $50 gift certificate, usable at any of the fine keg locations here in the city of Winnipeg. All three locations, each location finer than the last. And finally, the lamp lighter of the game. Ken, what do you got?
1: Morrissey's goal, honorable mention to his assist, to set up or, uh, to set up Nino Niederreiter for another blue paint special. Uh, you know, best news for the Jets is that after uh, quite a cool period of offensive uh, drought for Nino Niederreiter, he has three goals in the last two games. Uh, two of them from the blue paint. And when he lives in and around the blue paint, uh, he is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, So that's my runner up, but just for everything that happened in the game. And because Josh Morrissey has been driving the offensive bus here for the Winnipeg Jets of late, great play by Nemesnikoff at the blue line heads up play to get it to Shifley and Shifley getting it over to Morrissey who wills his way into a, you know, good scoring chance and, um, Again, Sean, like this is and I know it's maybe more of an, an anomaly, but that will go as a high danger chance even oh, though yeah. it wasn't a dangerous chance because he didn't get good wood on it, but it's from the dangerous area. So, um, if
0: there if there was an analytic on putting it on a goaltender and the most dangerous and least dangerous shots to put it, it Josh Morrissey's Josh Morrissey's shot would have had like a 0 on it. He hit him dead square in the middle of the logo with that shot I still all I think what I think what happened was it hit him in the chest and then dropped and then his pads he went Mm. down into the butterfly and I think the puck landed on the nose of his pads and then rolled back down along his pads into the net that's the only thing I could say but this truly is the old you got to be good to be lucky and you got to be lucky to be good this was the hockey gods intervening taking a look at Josh Morrissey and saying, I like you, kid. You do all the right things. You're consistent. You're everything that a hockey god wants in a player. So we're going to help you out on this one. Uh, It's the only space that that to me is getting near, uh, the the hand of God play. This was divine intervention on this night as the hockey gods helped the Winnipeg Jets and especially Josh Morrissey with this. But that to me is not the uh, lamplighter of the game. For me, it's the Niederreiter goal because A, that redirection is a sick, stupid redirection that if you take a look at it, you think like, wow, he couldn't do that You know, more than one time out of 100. Except he did it later in the game and the goaltender stole it away. He, right. he would have had two just like that. So so that is ridiculous, stupid, great hands in tight. And those, I, I've said this time and again, those kind of plays around the net, the in tight plays, the stuff that you see from Gabe Velarde all the time, the, the goal by Mark Scheifele the other night. The, to me, that's my favorite kind of hockey because you're getting yeah. to the high danger area and then you're just flashing skilled to get it past the goaltender. That's a stupid ridiculous redirect uh just so good and so talented but it also it's not even the best part of the play Ken, the best part of the play is the fake shot and the pass oh, yeah. the no look past no one knows it's going there josh morrissey never once looks directly at nino niederreiter and yet through his peripheral vision couldn't have put it in a more perfect spot to have him redirect that shot right to the stick that for me is the the Transcanner Brewing Company lamplighter of the game. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. The lamplighter of the game is. Share that with us. You're automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious eight pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanter Brewing Company. If you can't wait for Kenny and ready to gift you your eight pack, head on down to Transcanter Brewing Company. Join them in their tap room at 11290 Keniston Boulevard, where they've got great pizza, great beers, great food, great everything, great atmosphere. Just an awesome place to spend some time. I I probably spent a little too much time there, Ken, and I'm going to spend a little more time there on April 6th, the very last live Kenny and Rennie event of the year, uh, the live podcast there on April 6th. We'd love you to join us there. You can get your tickets. I know there was a little bit of an issue earlier on. Seems like people have been able to access the site. I don't know if it was live. It's live now because a bunch of people have bought their tickets, which means there's a cap on that room. Can't be a big room show. It's a small room show. So if you want to make sure that you get in, you got to get your tickets now because once they're gone they're gone folks uh so hey uh head on over to eventbrite uh look for kenny and rennie april 6th eventbrite and you will find those tickets and that's where you'll buy them thanks everybody hey the winner of the lamp lighter i found it i found well you can you can do it while i'm announcing the winner the winner and i gotta tell you uh, we went and handed one of these out before. Um, a, it was a lamplighter or a keg to someone who looked like a bot, except they're saying things that a Jets hockey fan. You think there's Jets fans, bots out there, Ken? Maybe it's possible. This name is very bot like. Okay, all all know. I know, the last one that seemed bot like never responded uh, to this. Uh, so. What that means is I'm going to give it another try here, and then maybe I'll start going away from these kind of titles. And if I do, you should know that so that you can get it, give it an actual real name title. Because the winner of the lamp lighter left a comment in uh, the comment section below our YouTube video. The winner is at TK-HQ9XK. So at TK-HQ9XK. You're the winner of a Frosty Delicious A Pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale, but only if you direct message me at s n Reynolds full name, email, and I will send you a voucher for your very own Frosty Delicious A <laughs> Pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale, brought to you by our friends at Transcana Brewing Company. Ken, you've got to travel yet? You put in a lot of time here. Before you That's do it's a good this, day, buddy. It's a good day. Anything you need to say before we go? Oh,
1: what do I need to say? I need to say that it's been an interesting season so far. The Jets have 39 wins in 62 games for 83 points tied with the Stars leading in points percentage. And it's going to be a fun sprint to the finish. These are the this is the fun time of year to be covering. Sean, you were, you know, you told the folks you were in Tampa. I mean, it, you know what it's like in that market. It's a great hockey market. Those great folks are excited market. about what's going on down the stretch. Um, the Jets are excited about what's going on here. I mean, but this is the beauty. There's twists and turns in every season. And, Sean, on th- after Thursday's game, most Jets fans thought the sky was falling, Right. They didn't have a big, it was, I wouldn't call it a no-show game, but they certainly didn't play with the level of urgency one would expect when a team has already lost twice on home ice to the team they're in a first-place showdown with. But, And then the narrative was looking like the Jets would lose twice in a row to high-end teams. teams. And then, I mean, we've been talking about this. The Jets have struggled against high-end teams of late. Instead of that they beat one of those high-end teams, and then on a night where it looked like they didn't really have much going, even though they were generating opportunities but not scoring, they found a way to score four times in the third. They outscored their opposition 9 nothing in the last two nights. Yeah, three of those were empty netters. I get it. Even if it was only 6 nothing in those games, that would be important. And to me, oh, yeah. Sean, we talked about leadership all year long. Another great example that, you know, Maybe you went. Maybe you talked about it during the 16 minute monologue because I was still working. But Adam Lowry hasn't scored in 20 games, Sean. He's got an empty net opportunity if he, you know, if he chooses to be a selfish player. What does he do instead? He takes the hit along the boards, chips it to Sean Monahan so that he can score. You know why he does that? Because he plays the game the right way, right? I mean, right. this these are small things. Right, The topic of empty net and who should be on the ice has been a subject for a long, long time, but that's why Adam Lowry's on the ice in that situation. He doesn't care about the drought. Does he want to end it sooner than later? Of course he does, but not at the expense of making the right play and doing the right thing. Because he does the right thing, he'll get his reward at some point in the next little while, and he'll find the back of the net. Even if he doesn't, who cares about the stats as long as as the person is contributing to a winning situation, Adam Lowry does that every single night. He walks onto the ice. So anyways, that's just uh, an unnecessary rant, but uh, maybe that's just the way it is for today.
0: Um, Okay, let's move it on from here. I'll say this, uh, a tease to keep people around, because, hey, after that Stars loss, I got to say, like, I got to say the the big win from the last game over 4,000, the stars loss, people were failing to show up for Kenny and Rennie again. So I guess I feel like I have to incentivize people to show up just in case the jets lose the next game to Seattle, because so many of you have hurt feelings and can't seem to make it in for it. So Bardo says, Oh boy, next game will be a double lamplighter win when the bot doesn't reply. So, Hey, if it is a bot, there's that much more to win. So maybe Get over yourselves and get into the Kenyan or any chat room where you belong, folks. Win or lose, come on. Get it together here. What do you got to say, Ken? Sorry, quick one. Uh, no further
1: update on Gabriel Velarde. I assume that he will see the doctor either today or Monday. Or sorry, I guess what is today is Sunday. So it will be maybe he saw him today. Well, otherwise, it'll be on Monday. But there'll be an update probably on Tuesday. We don't know what the update will be, what the severity is. Even I mean, again, the Jets are being very uh, guarded on what the nature of the injury is. Um, yeah, there have been tons of like, today. There were tons of scouts here. You know why? Not just because the Jets and Sabers are teams people are watching, but because the Vegas Golden Knights were here also last night. There was a you know massive scout. Um, you know the scout scout row was full, and I mean there was one thing interesting today. Two Duck scouts here. Now I'm not familiar with their roster of scouts. Maybe it's because they live in the area, but we know that Frank Verchano is a guy that. Uh, maybe has the Jets have been had some interest in before? Uh, he's a guy that can score. Um, you know, he's not a big guy, but he's had some playoff experience and goes to the hard areas. But anyway, so who knows? Maybe that's a guy to watch this week. Uh, Sean, I would also say this, and I had it in the online version of my piece that I don't think it'll make the paper because I wrote too long. Uh, but I think a guy like Zemgus Girgensons could be a potential uh, Jet-like player. Uh, he is a versatile fourth liner. He plays all three forward positions. He can skate. He is, he's is. he got some size, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, his assist today was, you know, it's a, it's a high flip. So it wasn't that he showed off his offensive abilities and got an assist today. And he's not a huge point producer, but he has seven goals this year. Uh, he's a penalty killer, gets involved in the game. And for me, if the Jets are looking to add a potential guy for the fourth line maybe he might be under consideration um anyways that's just my another name that is maybe out there and it's not a headline popper but i wouldn't be surprised if that's the type of player um the jets might be considering here
0: no doubt. No doubt. uh Ronas says, Anaheim Broadcast, I mentioned, three teams in the running for Vitrano, the Rangers, Great. Florida Panthers, and the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, that's it for us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ken. You did a phenomenal job. I'm going to end this the way I always do by saying if you appreciate the conversation going on in this space, like we appreciate the 600-plus folks who awesome showed up job. for the live show here tonight. Thank you for that, everybody. But if you appreciate these conversations in these spaces, please, please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, Cambrian Credit Union, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Pristine Roofing, the Johnson Group, the Kenny and Rennie OGs, and of course the Keg and Canada Brewing Company. Thank you to them. Thank you to all of you. We'll do this all over again. That will be our last show. We should probably dedicate just a little bit more time than we did for the trade deadline, although maybe there's going to be some stuff happening before that. But uh, Ken and I are both going to be in Seattle for the trade deadline, which takes place on the Friday. And then we are both going to be... In fact, this bum is going to hop in a sportsnet vehicle, and he's going to join a ride with us back to Canada. Uh, I might not,
1: just, actually. I might have <laughs> oh, to change no. my flights around. I might have to drive
0: down on my own, but we'll see okay. how it goes. Circles. fine yeah tell everyone else before you tell me that's a real partnership we got going on there buddy okay anyways we got to get going here thank you everybody really appreciate it we'll chat with you again and do a dig a little bit deeper into the trade deadline after the next game a home game as the jets welcome Tanev and the seattle crack and bye everybody